Welcome back to a special edition of Hatchet's Weekly News Podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. I'm Alec Rich. While we're back this week because of the significant announcement last Tuesday, the University President Thomas LeBlanc would retire at the end of the 2021-2022 academic year. The decision marks the end of a tumultuous tenure that will also make LeBlanc, who took the job in 2017, the shortest-serving university president since Thomas Henry Carroll, who served from 1961 to 1964. For both longtime listeners of the podcast and those who have followed the Hatchet's coverage of LeBlanc extensively, this announcement might not come as a major surprise, but instead it follows as a potential consequence of the enormous tensions that have been building over the last few years. From LeBlanc's now defunct plan to reduce the undergraduate population by 20%, while upping the share of STEM majors to 30%, to the 2030 plan, to layoffs during the pandemic, to the Heather Swain controversy, community members ranging from faculty to staff to students have been discontent for a long time. This, of course, came to a head with the recent release of the faculty survey results, which found that a slim majority had lost confidence in LeBlanc. That major result seemingly sealed LeBlanc's fate, since the board, which has been a strong supporter of his over the last few years, was set to make a decision over whether to renew his contract. But now, come fall 2022, GW will have a new president, which will have major implications for what the school looks like moving forward. So in that spirit, I spoke with two members of the Faculty Association, an independent organization that advocates for GW's faculty and collaborates with the formal Faculty Senate. In my conversations, I asked about a wide range of topics, including LeBlanc's retirement, the university's future, the search for a new president, and recent criticism of the Faculty Association in a letter sent out by the Chair of the Board of Trustees, Grace Bates. My first interview was with the President of the Faculty Association, Aaron Chapman, who is also a Professor of History. All right, Professor Chapman, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for asking me. So, yeah, sure. So did the news of LeBlanc's retirement next year come as a surprise to you? Um, it was a hoped for development. I wasn't sure if that would happen or not. Um, uh, considering the faculty survey, um, it seemed like it's something that should happen. So do you think the results from that faculty survey, which marked a slim majority of faculty, knowing that they had lost confidence in LeBlanc, do you think that kind of marked the, the final straw here? Or do you think that that was ultimately the culmination of so many different factors, be it the 2030 plan, layoffs, the Heather Swain controversy, and on and on? Well, I think that all of those um, previous factors contributed to the reasons why uh, faculty um, had these low opinions of LeBlanc's leadership and presidency. And so I think um, the survey was an expression of dissatisfaction with his entire term. Hmm. And what do you think would have been the, re- the reaction if the board had potentially renewed LeBlanc's contract moving forward? Well, I think we would have had to um, double down on our um, expression of disapproval um, and just be more and more clear about the reasons why LeBlanc was not suited for GW presidency. Hmm. Yeah. So on that point, kind of going back, why, in your view, was LeBlanc the wrong choice to lead the university from the start, since it seems like that initial tension really never went away and was only compounded by his decisions in power? Well, I think that um, LeBlanc perhaps misunderstood what GW is all about. I mean, we're centered in the nation's capital. Um, we are a campus that is very politically engaged and conscious of political issues, international affairs. Um, we are vocal 
um, and we care about our university. We're invested in it, in its uh, success and its continuation. Um, and he came in not only with a, an idea about transforming the university in an overwhelming way, but also uh, intended to implement that idea, uh, that vision um, without any genuine consultation with various elements of the university. So um, I think it was um, his autocratic style uh, in addition to a vision that wasn't, uh, wasn't right for the university that um, made him ill-suited. Right, so on that point, I guess, what would you wanna see from a new president and how would that decision be made in terms of ensuring that the new president isn't autocratic and to just use the word that you used? Yes, um, I think that it's important as we um, go about selecting a new president that all of us, students, faculty, staff, have um, meaningful participation in that process from outlining um, what we would like to see in a president, sort of the parameters of the search um, and the various interview processes. And I think as th those various elements, uh, faculty, staff and students are um, represented on the search committee that we um, ought to have the means of choosing those representatives. Right. Um, so that there's a real sense of um, not just you know, hand-picked faculty members and hand-picked student leaders and hand-picked staff members, right? Um, who would serve on the search committee, but that we would um, decide <laughs> you know, who we want on those search committees um, and then um, move forward from there in a genuine sense of shared governance. So what specific qualities then would you be looking for in a new president? So I think it's important um, to have someone who is um, interested in the university as a university, um, not in um, the university um, to the extent that it can operate as a corporation, right? So um, uh, a return to the, the sort of original sense of shared governance from the early 20th century, um, the idea that um, originally the president of the university is elected from within the faculty, right? Um, and sort of represents the faculty to the board um, and um, leads the university sort of as a um, mandate from the stakeholders within the university, right? And so I think it should be closer to that model. Um, so if we are bringing in a president from the outside, this should be a person who is interested to know what we think, right? Interested to know uh, the directions in which we would like to grow. And as we grow in those directions, um, what are the things that we want to make sure that we maintain? Um, and how do we want to relate to uh, the changing times? How do we want to relate to Washington DC, to the country, to the world? Um, these are questions that are very important um, and that shouldn't be answered by a few people um, at the top or by um, a president who comes in with a vision um, that is not generated from within the university community. So what then does the Faculty Association envision GW kind of looking like a few years down the line if the right hire is made in your estimation? Well, let's see, I think that's a wonderful um, 
opportunity to think forward. I think um, it's um, a university that is invested in equity um, and you know all kinds of equity. Right? Um, currently, GW is struggling um, with a problem of um, race politics on campus. Um, it's it's struggling with a question of elitism. Um, a lot of students who come in as first generation uh, college students um, or who um, um, may not be first generation, but maybe racialized or immigrants, um, right? Various populations often feel alienated on the GW campus. And we, we need to address that. And that's the case too, um, in terms of faculty. Um, faculty of color often feel alienated, um, often feel like this isn't the right place for them. Um, and we need to uh, change those kinds of issues. We need to make GW more inclusive um, and um, not just inclusive in terms of people of various backgrounds being in the community officially, but also equitable in the sense that those uh, various elements feel um, comfortable um, and as if their, their voices matter, their personhood matters. And as is kind of known and has been said previously, an important step moving forward will be kind of this idea of shared governance in terms of being able to accomplish some of those goals. I want to just mention a quote from um, Chairwoman Grace Spates that was sent out to faculty. And it says in part, I'm troubled by the actions of a faction of self-appointed faculty spokespersons whose contributions to this process more closely resemble a campaign to foment discord rather than civil dialogue. End quote. So I guess first, how do you feel about that quote? And how do you think the issue of shared governance can be resolved moving forward with a hire who isn't, um, you know, led, or a university that isn't led by President Blanc? So um, I think that um, Spate's meaning in that quote is quite clear. I think she's identifying the uh, GW Faculty Association um, as um, a problem. Um, and I think from her perspective, it makes sense that we're a problem. We're highlighting faculty perspectives. Um, we're making clear uh, criticisms um, of issues that are um, inequitable or um, issues in which uh, faculty, staff, and students are not well represented, uh, whose perspectives are being ignored, et cetera. Um, and these are things that she hasn't wanted to hear. Um, and so um, I think the quote itself uh, is a deliberate mischaracterization, right? The, we are not um, a small faction. We, um, the survey results indicate that our point of view about LeBlanc is actually very much representative of the general faculty point of view about LeBlanc. Um, likewise, our um, position on the pandemic on the possibility in the early fall semester of 21, when there was the po possibility of, uh, you know, even more layoffs and furloughs and uh, reductions in salary and benefits um, that the university was going to implement. Um, we made clear that that was about to happen. Um, and, um, you know, uh, represented faculty viewpoints on that, which you know, everybody agreed, you know, we should try to find other ways to mitigate the effects of the pandemic than um, firing so many staff members, for example, those kinds of things. So 
you know, we're not a fringe faction. Um, we're actually um, speaking the points of view um, of the faculty. Um, and I, and to the extent that we've collaborated with various uh, student groups and staff associations um, representing uh, the university community at large. Professor Chapman, thanks so much. Thank you, it's a pleasure to talk with you. All right, Professor Zimmerman, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, it's wonderful to be here, thanks for having me. So did the news come as a surprise to you? What was really a surprise, I think, was that, that it took so long for um, President LeBlanc to resign. I mean, it was clear, I mean, if not before, then certainly this, the survey made it clear that it does not have the confidence of the vast majority of faculty. At the same time, it seemed like nothing would get him to step down, um, certainly with a, with a board that stood by him, it seemed like no matter what. So, so yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a surprise. It shouldn't have been a surprise, but, but it was a surprise. So what do you want to see from a new president? And I guess follow to that would be, do you want this or do you think that this hire should be internal or external, even though we know that it's going to be a nationwide search? But yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I think that university administration, like management everywhere, has become it's kind of its own internal self-generating industry, and that's a huge problem. I think that's a disaster for. I mean, it's not particularly UW. It's a disaster for the academic environment, as it was for name any number of music industries. I mean, these are, you know, these are the same managerial styles that, you know, it's like killed rock and roll. And then they, you know, turned it into this like corporate thing. And now they're trying to do that to the university and, um, and they've done it to so many other industries too. So, so yeah, I mean, I, in a better world, this, we wouldn't, this wouldn't be like hiring a new head of whatever Chrysler or something. I mean, it would be like hiring like an actual academic position. Um, I think the big thing is there have to be changes in the way the president's hired um, in the way the board thinks about the faculty. You know, when they hired president, the search that ended up hiring President LeBlanc as the hatchet reported on is, you know, that was a very unrepresentative search committee driven by the board of trustees um, headed by Nelson Carbonell, who was then head of the board of trustees. And then, I mean, one of the, I think one of the last straws was then also on the board of the supposedly independent uh, a consulting firm that the, the current board hired to evaluate him. So, I mean, we've got a huge problem with the board. Um, and I'm glad to talk about the Spates letter later, because that's, I think, just a perfect example of it. But we need to have a university that is run like a university. And that, I'm sure there are members of the board who don't think this way. Um, on the faculty association, we've tried to contact them and we really, you know, if they're listening, please, we need you to stand up, help us. Um, this is really a disaster, but there needs to be some way to, to um, have a, of a search that has faculty and student and staff input um, in a way that is at minimum, at least just, you know, the current totally unsatisfactory norm, but at least having some, you know, in, in universities as a whole, but yeah, there needs to be some. And, and without that, um, you know, the danger is we just get a more bulletproof version of LeBlanc for the next president. I mean, I think what I am optimistic about is that if the board takes things seriously, which we've had no indication and wants to do something different from what they've been doing and wants to set, says, looks around and says, this is a really good university with really good students and really good faculty and really a lot of resources at its disposal. And let's build on that and work with the faculty and make it a great place then we could have 
I mean, a great president. I mean, you don't even, I mean, you don't even need a great president. It's, I mean, the president is not, you know, doesn't, doesn't do research typically unless they have more time than I can imagine anyone having. They don't, they don't teach, they don't do research. Um, they, they, and they, but you know, they, they could, they could, they, they could set a, a tone of respecting university as a university. Um, but, you know, they don't do that. And I think the advantage of that is then we got to learn to respect ourselves and that's much more powerful and important anyway. We don't need it a great president. It's just, it's more like how much is the president going to interfere with our ability to be a university um, is how I think of it. And, you know, as little as possible, I hope. Um, but yeah, we shall see. Professor Zimmerman, thanks so much. Yeah, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you for talking with me. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Kira Reagan. Thank you to everyone who's listened over the course of the 2020-2021 academic year, and we'll see you this August.